All right. It's another Monday. We're here to kick Monday's ass. And with one of the best ass kickers, I had to really be careful not say ass kissers, but <laughs> ass kickers that I know, Brittany Sop- Sopko, sorry, the last name always throws me off, of Juniper Apothecary. And she is a wonderful soul, along with her husband, Josh. Well, he's not and- here, so we don't have to say that. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go with you because you're definitely the better soul of the two for sure. Um, she is here to join us to talk about marketing in particular, I believe, video and audio. So, Brittany, I am probably a really large fan of you guys for probably a lot of reasons that Shelly is a very large fan of you guys because your guys' story, your husband's and yours and everything – it's just an awesome story. You guys have had a hell of a run for the last three, four years. Um, I don't remember when Josh kind of went out on his own, but um, I'm not even sure if I know your full backstory either. So I'm kind of excited to hear. Just let's go through like when your guys' entrepreneurial journey even started. Maybe let's go back to when you and Josh met. Let's tell tell oh, that I- little love story. Okay, so I um, grew, I'll kind of start a little bit further back because that's my entrepreneur story has started a long time ago. Um, he, I actually grew up on a farm by Brookings and my dad was a farmer. He also worked in Brookings at a like manufacturing job. Um, so he was always, always talking about entrepreneurship and wanting to start like all these different businesses all the time. And so when I was about 16, no, I was younger than that. Um, maybe about 14, we bought 300 chickens and I sold eggs to care centers around Brookings area. And that's what I did instead of getting a job as I used to nice. deliver eggs to restaurants, care centers, like all these different places. And so it was always kind of something that we could, you could go do your own business. It wasn't like the taboo thing that you just got to go to college and get a job, even though they did really push, my parents did really push to go to college. Um, so I always wanted to do something. And then Josh and I met when I was about 18. We actually worked together. He was my manager at Dakota Grill in Brookings. Oh, the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Josh. No, it was one of those. It was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> you were looking at him because he had like the official manager shirt and you're like, oh, oh you look so good in that. <laughs> <laughs> All really. right. He's, he's nine years older than me, so he's a lot older than me, but still, like, I was, I don't know, like, I was 18, and um, then I started attending SDSU, and then we moved down here to Sioux Falls, and I actually transferred to um, Southeast Tech, and I have an associate's in accounting, and then a bachelor's that I went on to do in marketing, actually. Nice. Um, he was working construction uh, for a couple years, and then... Um, or actually you were construction for 12 years. But when we met, I was like, let's like, I wanted to open up a cupcake shop. That was my like thing is we were going to open up cakes and cupcakes and do all that. Um, and that ended up just not panning out because the investment in that was a lot when you're 19 years old and you don't Fair have enough. a lot of money to put anything. Yep. So we, I went and got a traditional job and then we worked that for a while. And he back in, Oh, Let's see, 2014, he quit construction full out and went back to Southeast Tech for graphics design. And since then, we've done a whole bunch of different things. Um, I stopped working, too, in 2015 after my oldest was six months old and I wanted to stay home with her. 
So we've done a whole bunch of things. We've done wedding photography for a while. Um, we, Josh has built websites. And most recently, we now own Juniper Apothecary, where we make a lot of bath and body products. It kind of started with bath bombs. And then now has expanded from there to a lot of other stuff. Um, herbal remedies, lotions. Um, sorry, they're like doing construction in our office out here, I guess, if you can hear that. Um, no, nobody can hear it. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> but it's, um, so yeah, we do a lot of different things and it's always just kind of been, we do what whatever it takes to feed our family. We're always willing to do the next thing and innovate and grow and try and survive, I guess. And and that's the impression that I've always had of you guys is that maybe I'll, I, I want to use the word scrappy is, is what <laughs> has always been, what has always come to mind with you guys. Like you guys just recently moved into a house here six yes. months ago, eight months ago. Uh, well, we bought the house six months, six okay. months ago. And since we bought it, we've been gutting. Josh has been gutting the whole thing and doing all the work himself. Just doing a small rebuild. It's, yeah, it just started with like, one room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the one room ended up being the entire house. Yeah, well, we, yeah, yeah. And so we're just now, we moved in three weeks ago. And so now we're finally in that, out of that phase. But yeah, so he put his past life skills to work, redoing basement walls and moving stairs and a whole bunch of stuff. It's basically a brand new house now, which is good. And... Just to put the icing on the cake on all of this, maybe the cupcake, past life, coming back. You guys were doing all of this while just kid after kid after child. Like, I don't know. How, how many yeah. children are you up to now? We have four. Four, four kids. yeah. Yep, yep. Four no kids big deal. Under, so we're, we're a little busy. And you guys do homeschooling, is that right? Or yeah, yeah homeschool too so no big deal just starting up a business moving into a house completely gutting renovating the thing four kids homeschooling no big deal in the sopco household yeah we don't shelly. do anything slow <laughs> shelly what do you got i mean can you see why maybe Brittany is like a good fit for me to be connected with i mean nope. kind of share some same life passion maybe and the craziness of what we're willing to do um. <laughs> Just a little. I, you know, and you know, my I've kind of stayed quiet, and honestly, I want to hear Adam a lot more today than than from myself, primarily because you know Brittany very well. Um, you know, back when we were, I had Elegant Mommy. Brittany was actually selling bath bombs at Elegant Mommy was before they ever had a store, and that's kind of how things started out. Yep, you were the one that pushed me to get them made and sell to you. So. <laughs> So Shelly's I mean, every... always pushing people into bad situations. <laughs> I mean, I don't think this turned out very bad. No, yeah, no, I'd say, no, okay, no. <laughs> but no. So I mean, I, I've I've truly, truly enjoyed watching them grow. This this past year, I think, has lit an incredible spark under Brittany that I have not seen in the past four years or so that I've known Brittany, um, which has been really, really fun to watch. Like she really feels like a business owner this year. And you've really seen that that hustle and drive and determination really come out because this is a real thing now, right? Like this isn't like the hobbies that they've had in the past. This is a real thing. Um, and I think she can see that. And I think Brittany has an incredibly inspiring story for a lot of women entrepreneurs to yeah, hear today. So totally agree. Yeah. Um, and I hope that you understand or will understand one day 
how awesome of a story that you guys have and how awesome of an influence that you have on people that probably don't even let you know that they have, that you're having an influence on them. Like uh, I know that I'm in your guys's corner constantly rooting all the time. I still have that freaking hand lotion that I bought from you guys from like eight months ago because the stuff just <laughs> never goes away. Um, but I mean, in all honesty, it, I think it would really surprise you a lot. How many people look at you guys and just think that you're just rock stars. So I think that, you should take some time and just, I don't know, relish in that or just think about that and really be proud of how far you guys have come and what you guys have been up to in the last, I don't know, a couple of years. Let's just say a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's always hard for me to like slow down and be like, oh yeah, we are doing something cool because I always feel like it's the next thing. Like it's not enough. I got to keep going and keep pushing and so it's hard to slow down and be like, okay, we did do really great this past year. And yes. Yeah. Well, so. that's what I'm here for. We, we purposely <laughs> scheduled this to make you slow down and make you smell the roses. <laughs> as so uh, we were talking in the green room a little bit before we actually came on because this is a very official podcast. We're very professional. We have green rooms and stuff. And you were curious about um video audio um growing your email list you know just you're very curious about a couple of things so what what questions do you have for us about like where would you like to go first with it um we can maybe start with video we don't do much like for video content at all and i know that's like a super big thing right now with instagram reels and you mentioned tiktok and all those i think there's a huge opportunity for us it's just I don't know, always the matter of doing it and making yep. the time to do it and the ideas and purposing the content well would be always a terrible Yep. So would you guys say that, or would you say that the thing that's been holding you up is equipment or ideas or what would be the thing that you think time i mean seems like you seems like you guys might be a little bit limited on time but hey i mean yeah. is, <laughs> but <laughs> what would you say is um, like your main hang-up time for sure and then probably just ideas too like i mean we with our background in photography we do have quite a bit of equipment that's never been an issue for us um it's more so ideas like what's What's a good idea? How do we do it? And then actually doing it would be the next thing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I can give my opinion on that in a couple of different ways. One, I think you guys are sitting on top of a gold mine of misinformation and um, knowledge that people are looking for and searching out for and everything like that when it comes to just a whole slew of the products that you guys have um, at your apothecary. Um, but not only that, but the bath bomb stuff, I can see where that would be like really visually appealing to like for someone to like watch. Um, I've seen, listen, I don't know if you realize this, but I'm not a bath bomb kind of guy. So like, but even with me not being a bath bomb kind of guy, some of those videos have come my way. And I don't know, there's just something about it. People tell me that's really satisfying to watch other people wash cars. And I'm like, why? Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> but apparently the same thing with bath bombs, right? So 
the first thing that whenever I'm personally struggling for content ideas or something like that is Google search, YouTube search, or um, Google keyword um, search are all three very good things to do. So um, if you were to type in um, CBD or bath bombs or something like that into any one of those three searches, it's going to start listing out a whole slew of ideas of what you guys can do. Now, what would surprise, probably surprise a lot of the people on here, maybe even yourself, it's actually almost more difficult to organize and shoot an entertaining and educational one-minute video than it is just a full-length video. We'll call a full-length video a 15-minute long video because video, in my mind, always follows a story arc, right? And a story arc is just simply like beginning, middle, end, or problem, solution, and then, um, gosh, I just never have enough camera real estate here, um, <laughs> is, is uh, problem, solution, and then end, you know, climax, and then your um, kind of your end. Now, the problem and then working towards the solution should take up about 60 to 70% of your video, something like that, because people want to see you struggling or whatever to get to the solution part, and then your ending always will take up about 10 to 15% of your video. Um, because once can't talk, I can't use a, I can't, never mind. I can't explain it the way that I'd want to explain it with this is a kid appropriate show. But, anyways, um, it's really tough to cram that into one minute and have it be visually entertaining and, and educational at the same time. Have you tried to record like a one minute video before? And, Put everything yeah. in there. Yeah, I've done like making bath bombs style ones before, but not not anything really beyond that. But it is hard. It is hard yeah. only to get something entertaining for a minute. Yeah. Um, so I would uh, I would say that a really good starting point would be to just try and I don't know how you guys do any of your content creation or anything like that right now. Whether it's just like. Hey, today seems like a really good day to throw up a post and then just select picture and then do, 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 spend three seconds on writing out a post. I mean, I've been there. I do it all the time, but um, it's, it's not a bad idea to do an hour's worth of research in going into YouTube or Google or whatever, or DuckDuckGo, whatever, whatever you guys are using now and typing in, um, whatever whatever video series you'd want to do and then type that in get some ideas and then say okay every day every once a week uh for the next couple of months we're going to try and do a video a week or maybe maybe two videos a week if you're doing one minute one minute long make it super easy to do because what will happen is you'll naturally start gaining momentum like just in your understanding of the process your um confidence with it your growth with it and everything like that and then you'll just kind of explode from there right like you'll be like oh i can do this once per day or you know whatever but yeah. it's it's a lot harder than what people um than what people realize i think um to do good quality content anyways so what yeah. questions do you have on that what do you, what's your thoughts so far um i like it i for sure like it i think it feels doable um, it's always the first one that's super hard and just intimidating to just do it. 
mostly because Josh and I are both, Josh may be more so than me, but I'm de we're definitely like, it needs to be perfect and super good before we'll even release it. And that's kind of like, it always slows us down. Like, I feel like everything just has to be pristine, good, like, which is crazy because we just, I don't know, like we're, we've opened a store and really the only thing we knew how to make was bath bombs. So I don't know why we feel that way, but yeah. we, and so it's always just a matter of just doing it and then learning something new on how to do the reels is something we don't know how to do. So it's time to devote into learning how to do that. And we want to do good ones too. Like yep. I just need to realize that our first ones probably won't be all that great. And we just need to keep building from there. Yep. I'll I'll tell you something that I was having a talk with. Um, so I recently started doing some more YouTube videos and I actively press paused on it because I wanted to wait until springtime was here for a couple of different reasons. But long story short, springtime is just a better time to start to be putting out content like that. Not not saying I wouldn't do it year round, but like we, I was already gaining a really good traction. I just wanted to wait until springtime because then the couple of the videos ideas that I had just would work perfect for that time of year. But anyways, um, I made a commitment to myself when I started doing YouTube videos, because maybe, maybe, maybe people on the outside don't see this, but I also always will strive to try and do something as good as I possibly can do. Even though I think from people looking on the outside see that it's it's good, it's fine. They don't see any issues with it. The quality's there and everything like that. But I look at some of the videos that I've done, I'm like, oh my God, like garbage. <laughs> yeah. um, but the motto that I had going into it was done is better than perfect. And I was talking with another guy um, who is a detailer who was doing video content and we're both on YouTube. We're both building that base. And we were having this conversation very similar to what you and I are having right now. And he was bringing up all the same um, internal issues. And I said, let me ask you something. I, and this is me asking him, but I said, do you know who Casey Neistat is? Do you know who Peter McKinnon is? He goes, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Those are, uh, do you know who they are? No. Okay. They're very <laughs> large YouTubers, like very, okay. very big, like, basically as cinematic as you can possibly get on youtube all their stuff is just super juicy anyways i said let me ask you something if you think that if you were to spend two weeks putting together one video do you think either one of those guys would look at that video and say oh my god this is the best thing i've ever seen in my life like <laughs> this you is amazing would if you spent that long they would look at it and they would go I know they wouldn't <laughs> they're like cool bro did you film this with your flip phone like they <laughs> You get what I'm saying? So yeah, they would look at that. However, the 14 year old kid who's just starting off on YouTube might look at him and be like, Oh my God, I'll never get to that level ever. Like this is insanely good. And then to take it one step further, Steven Spielberg probably looks at Peter McKinnon's and Casey Neistat stuff and said, did you guys just graduate film school? Like what is this garbage? Like you guys are out of your mind for even bothering to put this out there. Quality is subjective. Quantity is not. Yeah. Nobody. Ooh, I like that, Adam. <laughs> dropping bombs, bath bombs early on in the show. First 20 minutes in, we're dropping bath bombs. Um, but it, in all seriousness, 
you can go back to a lot of these guys early channels and they're just not doing it at the level that they are now it's just the way that it is it because there's so much that you learn from doing yeah. and you just improve and improve and improve um that i would really encourage you guys to not get weighed down by that because what you guys have to offer is so much better than trying to film or edit a perfect video and with the way that social media is nowadays even if you were to throw out something that's absolute garbage it's going to get buried in like a month anyways so what does it matter like yeah. um not to say that you guys aren't important but like con like information is just yeah. no, coming out that. all the time yeah so um that's something i would encourage you uh beautiful souls to think about is Quality is subjective. Quantity is not. Nobody can tell you, oh, hey, you guys aren't putting out a video per week because you would have the literal proof. Oh, look at that. I am putting out a video per week. But quantity is totally subjective. Or sorry, quality is totally subjective. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Like, I mean, if you even go back to look at our labels when we first started our business, it's like, yeah, we thought those were really, really good. Yeah. Now you go back and look at it. It's like, they're not. <laughs> you make, just make little tweaks along the way. Yeah, 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 you do. And it's interesting that you brought it up, Brittany, because I was, as Adam was talking, like, there was this piece of me that just knew that that was what you were going to say. <laughs> that, that was, that's the thing that's been stopping you. When Adam is like, what's stopping you? I knew in my head exactly what was stopping you. And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of like, I think the other piece to that is, especially for you, as the owner and as the person who is trying to juggle all of the hats right now, because the other thing to that is that like, they don't have this like full staff of employees, right? Like if they, it's, it's Brittany and Josh and two very part-time people. Yep. So like there is a lot, there's, there's a lot that's resting on the shoulders. And so I think the other piece to that that's worth mentioning is that not only is it just doing the thing, but it's, it's the value of the time of doing the thing, right? So like if you have limited resources of the amount of hours that you get in a day and you have to check off all of these hats that you're wearing and all of these boxes that need to be checked on a daily basis for your personal and your professional life, then at what point do you try to, or how do you try to evaluate the value of spending three hours a week on video and content creation? and I would argue that it is worth it. I think Adam would probably argue that it's worth it, but it's it's subjective to you on whether or not it's worth not doing these other things or hiring somebody to do these other things in order for you to be able to do this thing. No, no, I do agree. I, there's definitely a huge value in it, more value than probably what just making a Facebook post for the day. Like it'd be, it's video is king and that's what people want to watch now. And so even just committing to doing Instagram story updates every day, we see way more engagement, way more, it, which corresponds to sales. Like committing to it is something that we know we need to do. Uh, I wonder if maybe a good way to go about it would be, cause I mean, we've all felt this pain, right? Like we know we need to do these things, but we're just not at a stage where we can do it. Um, where it's really hard to justify setting aside time for these things. So I wonder if there's a conversation that you guys could have amongst yourselves or, you know, whatever it would be and say, okay, we know this is important, but it's only important enough to allocate two hours a week to it or 
you know, three hours a week to it. And then I don't, you guys are going to have to tap into yourselves a little bit to figure out what that, what that one thing you would have to do in order to um, make yourself do it. But, you know, for some people you would set a, um, set a time during the week that you're like, this is a meeting that I have with my accountant. Like it's, it's just as important as that. And so I need to do this. Um, when this time comes, like whatever I'm doing right now is set off to the side and I'm going to move forward with that. Like you kind of have to figure that out. But if you just look at it and say, you know what, we just need to do eight pieces of content a month. And when you look at eight pieces and just say, it's, it's not that much, but when there's fires happening, like, you know, the two kids are just being ornery and like (laughs) not cooperating. Like it's tough to do. It just, it just is. And there's no shame in admitting that, but what it might, what the door that it might open is for the two very part-time people that you guys have, maybe you say, listen, like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense financially or anything, whatever for me to be doing these, but I'll pay my part-time people an extra <laughs> that look you gave was just awesome. Um, I, do, I was looking at like it's really loud here. <laughs> I know, no, no, I know. I we can we can hear it. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, but I can pay my part-time people an extra um, one or two hours a week to do these things for us because it, it doesn't make any sense for me to be doing it. And I don't know. That's not such a bad way to look at it either because, I mean, Tim Cook isn't doing all of Apple's advertisements, right? Like, he pays other people inside of Apple to do that for him, you know? Um, It doesn't have to necessarily be just you guys, and it might actually be more financially responsible to just pay somebody else to do, you know, you just lay out the video for him and say, hey, like, we're, we're going to do a video this week on how we do that long. and give them a loose guideline and then just let them have at it and they have to hand over the footage to you and then you do whatever with it, you know, however you'd want to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I do agree. I think we're slowly in the process of trying to, like, figure out um, how to get more of my products made by train other people to make the products. And so then I have more time to do the marketing and the video content and things like that, which is what I feel like, I don't know, I feel like my face, like our faces need to be on that. And that's just how we built our business. Um, whether or not we hire someone to come in and do it or we um, do it ourselves. We're trying to figure out what does it, what does it look like to have someone come in more than just really part time to um, help make things and watch the store and just offload some of the hats that I'm wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's not a bad move at all. Um, no. Cause a lot of the things we make now at it now are just, it's monotonous. It's the same recipe you make over and over and I come in and when we create new things, that's totally something that I will still do is create new recipes. But once the recipe firmed down, it's something you can easily train someone else to do. So yep. Shelly's yeah. encouraging us to do too. <laughs> yeah. And I would, I would really encourage you to do that too, because I mean, I mean, it's the same thing I did with detailing a car. Once you, once you get a SOP or a standard operating procedure down, like it's not, yep. it's not difficult to detail a car. It's difficult figuring out the process on how to detail a car. It's not difficult to make, 
sorry, I'm going to make an assumption. It's not difficult to make a bath bomb, but no. it, it is difficult to figure out that magical recipe and all the proper ingredients put together and everything. That's the hard yeah. part, but it's easy to train someone how to do it because you just say like pinch of salt here and some carbon dioxide. I don't know what it is, but totally <laughs> <laughs> um, salt and carbon dioxide. That's, that's it. <laughs> just make our own bath bombs now. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I don't mean I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there's kind of like video. Um, I do want to just want, mention one thing. Even if you guys do have like actual cameras and everything like that, I would encourage you to not use like real cameras for the first quite yeah, a few no. go rounds because yeah. like this also just makes it. Yeah. And the only reason why I bring that up is because the amount of like compression and everything that you have to do with uh, like the camera footage in order to get it to where it looks good um, when you upload it, not worth the time. Um, we can't go without the latest iPhone like ever. So that's not a girl. Yeah. That's not an issue for us. <laughs> um, I don't I'll uh, maybe when we get off the podcast here i'll send you a link to like just a random one of my videos but like i don't know like the newer iphones are the first ones i would say that actually do a legit job of video like the even the iphone 11 like i wouldn't have said does that good but like the 12 is yeah is up there yeah okay um so what where would you like to so maybe we could talk about how does how does doing Instagram reels or videos equate into an email list for customers because um, you voice some concerns about what might possibly happen in the future for your guys' big business segments on the social medias. Do you want to talk about that? or? So we follow a couple other brands and kind of where we're heading in the next year is to be a lot more like alternative medicine style stuff, herbal remedies, like really different than like standard, go to your doctor and take this um, this pharmaceutical drug. Like we're really like, let's try and use herbs to do this or alternative medicines. And there's a couple other companies that we've been following that do are doing what we kind of want to do. And they've been getting like shut down off Facebook and Instagram. Um, they're not able to run ads and it's just, they're, it's really hard to be against what mainstream is and what it wants, like what just the standard. So in lieu of that, we really want to like, if that were to happen to us someday, we really want to have an alternative to um, Facebook and social media. I don't know. We've already had it happen to us once last year. We were on um, Shopify and they shut our website down because we were selling things. We were, it was back when we were selling masks, but we were selling sand, hand sanitizer that I made in masks and they shut us down. No, no warning, nothing, and they held $2,000 from us for six months. And so we just don't really want that to happen on social media. We want to be more prepared and make sure that we have something in place if it were to all crash. Yeah, and I think that is an uber smart thing for you to do. Um, that's, a good, that's a good business practice to have anyways because you never want to have all your eggs in one basket. The question becomes, how do you convert those people that are following you on social media to something that you would own, like it, that you have full control over. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, there's a myriad of different ways that you can go about this. And actually, you know, um, we were talking a little bit before about TikTok. This is actually 
a really odd problem on TikTok where there are certain things that will get completely banned or whatever for seemingly no reason on TikTok, and it's it's either due to like the algorithm or, or you know the company as a whole, whatever it might be. But I mean, there's just tons of videos out there saying like, I don't know why my video got banned. Like it went against community guidelines, even though I've seen this video everywhere. It's just a it's just a problem that crops up all the time. But what's been really interesting is a lot of these big creators on TikTok are now saying, "Hey guys, like I don't know what's going on here, but this is a bunch of BS. Like I'm moving, um, you know, uh, buy my merch or whatever. But like I'm going to be spending more time over on this platform, and they basically just use that platform for maintenance and to try and get more to get more people over to those other platforms. But, um." there's just a lot of different ways that you could do that. If you, if you think about it, if you build up a presence on Instagram reels or whatever, and then get those people to purchase your products, then you of course have them on your email list. Um, So anything that you can do to encourage a um, checkout on your website means you have earned yourself a customer. And, do you have any idea what your ROI is or sorry, your, um, what a customer is worth per year to you? Have you figured that out at all? No, no. no. I don't know. Honestly, not off the top of my head. Um, well, that's fine. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because that would really help in the discussion of, okay, we need to, we need to gain a lot. Of, we like, we want to, we want to get a lot of people over on our email list what are we willing to do in order for that to happen can we give away a 50 dollars item probably not like i i don't know what the average cost of a what the yearly spend on a customer is but like 50 bucks seems like it would be a lot right but if you give away a 10 dollars item or whatever all it is is you trading an item for information to secure their information for the future so that you can keep selling to them in the future. Um, my business partner, Justin, and I, we have a difference in opinion on this. The I look at marketing as a lot like just this might surprise everyone, just like an Excel spreadsheet. Like, here's here's what this customer acquisition costs us. This is how much money we make off the transaction. I'm perfectly willing to give up a dollar to get $5 back. Like, that's I'm fine with that, as long as we can sustain that for the short term, right? Like, you, you making a your $10 item might only cost you a dollar in actual materials and five dollars in labor or whatever to make that item so you're really only in reality giving up six dollars for to acquire that customer i'm okay with that because if it means that that customer buys 25 dollars worth of stuff in the first year i don't know i've just made my investment back like i'm okay with that so all that's to say is you know if you start gaining some steam on doing your video content and everything like that on instagram and then if once per quarter you run a promotion and and actively like it's in your head promotion of like hey guys like every order that's being done this month we're giving away a ten dollar item with it or whatever if it gains you 25 more customers and then you just really keep on 
I would actually, if I were you guys, I would actually email marketing is great. I would really look into text message marketing. Like that is, that is some good, good stuff. It's still very early stages right now, but the open rates and the conversion rates off of text message marketing is just blows email out of the water. It's not even close right now. So um, that would be something I would just look at is, you know, out of say you have 500 on your email list and if you can get a hundred of those people to sign up for text message marketing and then if you throw out a promotion or whatever it might be you're like out of these hundred people 98 of them are going to purchase from us that's that's some solid numbers to go off of like you can really build some excellent campaigns around that <sighs> okay so shelly i'm not used to doing this much talking that as surprising as that might be for most people I think one of the things that I want to jump in with for both of you to consider honestly is that there is so there's a difference between customer acquisition cost and customer retention cost, right? So like does that make sense to you first of all, Brittany? Does that make sense? No, it does. Okay. okay so yeah. if we're talking about customer acquisition cost, there is a big difference in I I don't think you would be opposed at all to like giving like a, a percent or a dollar or a free product or whatever away if you gained a new customer. The, the question comes in of what's the best way to gain that customer? What's the best way to build that, that database of those customers? Is it through some sort of social media stuff and getting them to convert on through a sale on the website? You know, previously, I think one of the things that you guys did well was being able to do a lot of shows, right? Like you touch a lot of hands, you see a lot of people, like when you're getting out firsthand with people. Wait, hold on. Touching hands? That's like, totally a pre-COVID world thing, right? In the before time, we touch people? In the before time. But that's a great way to gain like hundreds of email addresses, right? And now, you know, while they might not always be like, the best. I think one of the things that Brittany and Josh are at least floating around with doing right now is looking at um, like referral. Like uh, that's not the word I'm looking for, Brittany. What are you guys calling them? Like an ambassador style program. Ambassador. Um, yeah. So like, and and I I think it would make sense for us to maybe touch base on that, that as far as gaining those customers and gaining the emails, like if you were to implement some sort of ambassador program, knowing that your end goal is to build your email list primarily and less build your social media, how can you really take advantage of an ambassador program to gain the emails and not focus as much on gaining Instagram followers? Yeah. yeah. Man, that's a good that's a good question. So again, this is where, for me, it comes down to math. Again, to the amazement of most people, um, because math is not my favorite subject. However, it really, it just honestly, it's it's a simple discussion. If I know that a customer spends X amount per year, then that customer is worth X amount of dollars. The average customer is worth X amount of per dollars. And if you get really savvy, if you can figure out this segment of customers is actually worth more than these other segments, then you can start to look for really, really micro influencers that have more followers in those specific segments. And then you're like, oh, okay. So if we do 
this person off strict commission, which is, hey, if you get us sales, we'll give you, and they use this code, we'll give you 10% of the sales. No problem. Don't care. Like if that person, if you have to pay that person $250 a month of payouts, but that those customers that they brought in were worth $2,500 a year. Like that's, that's an easy thing to do. Right. And the best part about customer retention is you're always going to have a small percentage of customers that will leave you for the next better looking, younger, hotter model that comes along the next, sorry, apothecary that comes along, but you're always going to retain a good percentage of those customers. Um, Let's just say that you retain 75% of them. So sure. After year one, those same 10 customers are now only worth $2,150 per year, but it still beats out the $250 that you had to pay out um, year on day one for those customers. Right. And um, there is a company in our, in, in my world that does this really well. Um, I don't know the actual effectiveness of the program. I just think it's really well thought through, but they have, so it's the company is called the rag company. They sell microfiber towels and they have an application process that they have people do every single year that these people list out their social medias and what they're um, passionate about. And then they call them grambassadors. They have however many grambassadors for just that year. And so it's just one year. This is, you get outfitted with a bunch of product and you get a percentage of sales. I don't, I, I don't know the actual ins and outs of it, but every year they cycle in new um, influencers. And I think that's just really smartly done. Um, mm-hmm. Like you're, it's, it, you're not going to get much of a lifespan out of an influencer pushing your guys's product for an, like I'd be amazed if it's actually w- much effective after six months, to be honest. Um, I would say after probably about six months, it's that horse is probably had her ride. Right. And then it's going to die off after that. Um, I think the other piece to that too, that goes along with that, if you can figure out a way in your ambassador program to work in more loyalty in the people that are doing it for you. I think one of the, the, pieces that I see in the burnout or the less effectiveness in influencers is that they're they're trying to push so many things that it's like it to me it loses that authenticity like they don't really care about this stuff they're, they're just pushing a product whereas if you can somehow build into your program they're really using this stuff there's these are real customers these are people who actually have a connection between you and your brand and, you know, whatever that is that you're trying to look for. But I think that's one of the things, especially for you guys is authenticity is super important. Um, Transparency is super important. And so knowing that yes, influencers and ambassadors could be a really smart move for you guys, but it definitely has to be the right people. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And that's kind of, we're trying to work on what does that look like? What are our qualifications? Like everything like that. Cause we want, I don't know, like a word of mouth has literally been the best form of marketing ever. And we will forever and always have that. Someone is so much more likely to come into the store if their friend recommended it over, I don't know, I saw you on Facebook. Like yep. it's just what we hear all the time. That and Instagram stories, that's what we get. 
because people love those things. <laughs> and the reason for that though, Brittany, is again, it comes back to authenticity and transparency yeah. in my opinion. Like you guys aren't afraid which is part of the reason why the whole like perfection thing surprises me when with the video. I mean, I know it's a real thing, but it surprises me that this is a thing for you guys because you guys are so transparent and authentic on your, on your stories, right? Like your kids are there climbing all over things. Like you're showing us pictures of your kids dumping out $30 worth of castor oil on the floor or, you know, whatever, like, you guys are truly authentic in the struggles and the joys and the happiness and stuff that comes along. So like, I don't think you're, I don't think your audience wants to see perfection from you because that's going to make you less relatable to them. In some cases, yes, perfection is good. I mean, in Adam's case with Clarity Coat, like they're building this very professional brand image, that sort of thing. But like in your case, the moms that are trying to follow you guys that are have becoming super loyal, they want your transparency. They want you to be authentic of like, this is me taking a video on my iPhone, but I know you guys are going to appreciate this, you know? No, that's very true. And I think yeah. one other thing that came into my mind, sorry, Adam, I know. I no, 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 please talk, please talk. Um, I think an easy way for you guys to start with some of those videos, Brittany, would be for you guys to do one minute videos of the thing that you guys have coming out. And I'm not sure if you guys have announced it yet. So I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it out loud. Can we get an exclusive announcement on the Marketing Monday podcast? First time ever. No, it's not. It's not a secret. Some people know. So we're doing a bath bomb, like kit or like a monthly kit type thing is what we're working on. And we're going to do like a, a little pot of gold one for March that you can, it's a little box and you can take it or we send it to you and you make it with directions um, at home. So that's what. Like a Kiwi crate or something like that, like a DIY thing to do at home with your kids. But like a one minute video of each of those of you guys doing them with your kids. And we talked about this, right? Um but I think that's a perfect way for you guys to, to start and really force yourself. Yes, it's only one piece of content each week, but or each month. But it forces that. Yeah. Adam, you are very deep in thought right now. I was just trying to think. So I'm going to go back to what Shelly said about I would actually probably argue that the better looking that your guys's content would be the more that you would alienate your audience because think about how do does the average mom living in sioux falls south dakota i'm assuming that's probably where most of your customers are yeah. um relate really heavily to um the kardashians probably not like they might think that the show is like entertaining or whatever, but it's too polished, right? It's not a real life. Like they don't intimately like connect with those people or anything like that because it's just, it's too polished. And what's really funny is I was actually just talking to Chris from Pinnacle Studios. They just have this amazing studio an amazing build out. Like the, everything that they have in there is just jaw dropping. And we were talking about, the possibility of clarity code ever doing anything in there, like on the regular for YouTube videos. And I said, I don't know if I could, because it would actually look too good. Me being in my home garage, doing the detailing stuff, 
they can they can connect with that because that's a home garage. Now it's a good looking home garage, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for most people to obtain, right? It's just white walls and some good lighting, right? But anyways, so for your guys' content, like it's probably good that there is some realism and imperfection in there because they're the moms are like, Oh yeah, I've had those bad hair days, and then you get three out of the four children that you just want to throw out a window, like because they suck. Um but what I was just trying to think of with the March thing, with the DIY kits, I can only imagine the chaos that would ensue from toddlers trying to put together a bath bomb kit. And think of how much community and connection there would be if you got some of those moms, dads, whoever, family, family members to send in videos of that DIY kit trying to get put together. And the kids are throwing glitter everywhere and... I, I don't know what goes into a bath bomb. Carbon dioxide and salt, that's it. But they're just dumping salt into the, like the kids don't realize that they have to mix the ingredients together and they're going into the bathtub and just pouring everything into the bathtub. So I, I would have to think on it, but I would wonder, like, is is there a way that you can incentivize those people to send you in videos of them putting together these kits? Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe a good kickoff is to where like, you guys set up the camera or the phone camera on a tripod and you have your own kids trying to put together the kit. And then it just turns into a disaster because I can only imagine what four kids trying to put together one bath bomb looks like, but it can't be good. And it just turns into a disaster and you're like, Oh, that's all we got. Like, (laughs) but there's a fine line between you want, you want that life that looks really perfect and you don't want to like, there's the fine line between the perfectionism and the reality of things. And people mm-hmm. don't always want to see the reality of the kids throwing things everywhere. Nope. Like that's, I don't think that's going to, I don't know if that would sell the actual product versus like the reality of my kids all lined up, like making a mess when they're doing it and like spilling it on the table, but still physically doing it would sell it more so than them like, not putting it together because i mean if i see something it's like oh my kids are gonna do that exact same thing like as a mom i watch a nice video of kids all like coloring nicely or whatever doing this kiwi co box it's like yeah my kids would totally my kids would that would be awesome to have that experience with my kids and i get it home and yeah it doesn't turn out like that but i know that that's the reality of it but the nice video that i saw is what sold me on actually buying it So there's a fine line between reality and not like portraying it as a complete shit show. Yep. And I, and I totally agree. I would say if I were to shoot for, let's say you get five videos, four out of the five videos, I'd want to see a well put, like there were still some accidents that happened and some funny moments and everything like that. But four out of the five videos were just like, Hey, we did it. But then the fifth one is just like gargantuan mess. Like, because that's, and the only reason why I think that would be for a good piece of content is because people look at that and they say, yep, like that happens. Like those, that's just one of those days and they'll laugh and they'll cry with you and they'll be like, no, nope, been there girl. Like that type of thing. It's, it's more relatable that way. But yeah, people want to, I would say in, in that particular scenario, they want to see how a kit would be able to be pulled off well and you can have some good family bonding time with that, yeah. but it's always a good chuckle to get one bad one. 
something that like when you're trying to sell it, you have the nice video, but then like afterward you have like, this is what you guys all submitted for videos. And you have like a little one minute reel of everyone who's doing it. And at that point, it doesn't, or it doesn't really matter if it turned out a complete disaster because you can laugh at that. But when you're trying to like sell it, it's not something that you want to like just complete mess. Yep. I, don't want, I don't want messes in my house now, especially. But yep. No, so that's a pretty that's a pretty fair point. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another thing. I'm, I'm gonna throw Josh under the bus because he's not here. Don't do that. He's not here. He can't defend himself. That's not, not true. So that's, he's doing the demo at the shop right now. So that's exactly, that's exactly why I'm throwing him under the bus. But I'm doing this because I want to hear Adam's take on this. So uh, one of the things that I suggested to them about this concept was that Josh should do these videos each month of kind of the how-to to go along with it. That one way to sell these is to have Josh is very good at explaining and very good at being interactive and animated with the kids and things like that. And so my suggestion was for Josh to actually do the video with whether it's two of the kids each month, whether it's all of the kids, whatever, if it's a one on one, they each month, they do a different one, you know, whatever. But like, that he should be the main character in this because and twofold one, I think it's a great way for Josh to get to be an active part of that too. I think it's one less thing on Brittany's plate when she's trying to handle all of the other stuff that goes along with that. But three, I think there's a piece of every mom or most moms that try to seek out experiences or active time for dads to bond with the kids. And at least, and I'm, I guess I'm going to just speak for myself, like from the very young age with my kids, we have actively tried to seek out opportunities for dad to spend one-on-one time with the kids because I get way more one-on-one time with the kids just because of how our household works. And so, you know, it's done everything from like at Christmas, the kids do an experience with dad. So they go bowling or they go to great bear or they go like that's their gift to dad every year is they pick out an experience that they want to do and it's just them no other kids allowed whatever um now that's as the kids are older now like the teenagers don't want to go hang out with dad at the arcade anymore <laughs> but once a month they each go have a donut with dad and that's like they go out to donuts donut, and so that's you know their time to just catch up and have one time So that's the threefold reason for me of why I think that's a good idea. But from a a guy's perspective, from a dad perspective, what's your thoughts on that? I think that that's a, I think that's a good idea for some of the time, but I think that if I'm just guessing at it, Brittany or Juniper Apothecary's audience is much more mom based. And whether or not we want to admit it or be okay with it, people identify with like people. So if all of a sudden a bunch of moms are seeing Josh 70 to 80% of the time doing these things, they might they might say, oh, that's awesome, or oh, that's cute that the dad is in there doing these things one or two times. But anything more than that, they're gonna be like, okay, but where's Brittany? Like, we want 
I want to see Brittany. And it has it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Brittany's better than Josh, but Brittany's a Brittany's a mom, and they want to see the mom doing it. I hate I don't like that answer because it, it does put another thing on Brittany's plate. But if the audience was male or more male or made up a significant portion, or dad's made up a significant portion. My answer would be very much different. My answer would be directly proportional to what is your guys' audience made up of? If it's 30, if it's 40, 60 mom dads, I'd have Josh in there half the time. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that it's not that way. It's probably 80 20. Um, so out of 10 videos a month, I would have Josh in two out of the 10. Saying that though, I don't like that answer, right? Like we want to, we want to believe that everything are everything's equal, but it's, but it's not that way when it comes to who do we identify on the other side of the camera. We we don't identify with. It's just not the way it works. Um, and I I agree to a certain extent, but I'm still going dis to disagree with you on the aspect of. I'm not saying that moms are going to be happy or be sold by the fact that Josh is doing it. What I am saying is that it's going to be motivating or hopefully if it's done in the right way as this is an opportunity for dad to spend time with the kids. This is something that dads can do with the kids. Yep. Not mom has to do all of the craft projects with the kids. Yep. This isn't like only dads can pick up the Home Depot craft projects and do with them. Like I that's my thought behind this is that this is where yeah, it's a dad. It's an opportunity. Hope I think moms are still going to see it. I don't think dads are going to see this and be like, "Oh, cool." I'm gonna like. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. No, 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 no. I know exactly what you're saying. Okay. Um, I'm just saying that that can still be done, and I think you'll get the message across perfectly fine with that. But again, it, it if it was ten pieces pieces of content a month, one to two times a month. Dad gets in there, helps out with the prod, um, helps out with the craft project or whatever. Anything more than that, what I'm saying is, I think you would start to alienate the audience a little bit because they're now not able to identify with who they're who they're talking to. Um, it, and you know what? This is one of those things that the beautiful part about marketing is, yeah, as I can be proven wrong very easily. You can take a two month span where Josh dominates the content, right? Like Josh is just in it a lot more. And then you can see what does that do for the audience? Does the audience respond more? Does it respond less? Do you start to pick up more males or do you not? Like what happens, right? Yeah, we, um, already, we already kind of have that. Yep. Like, through our Instagram stories, like we get way more engagement and way more like views on it when I'm in it over Josh. Because it's like a big butthurt thing for him when like, <laughs> no one watches me. It's like, well, this is like if we're together, it's the same as when it's just me. And but I think that's a really good. About it, it's like, no, like we don't get near the amount of views. Like people swipe through really yep. quick. That's I really think, good. Then throw my idea out the window. I think that's no, no, no. a really valuable point. It's not, it's not, it's not a bad idea though. No, I'm not it's, saying that, but I'm saying like if you've tested it already, if you've tested that your response is better when it has, when you're in it, then 
don't throw that away. Like you guys have already been smart about it. Yeah, I don't like, I'm just listening to Adam talk right now that just made me think of it. Cause I've been game like, yeah, you can do this Josh. I want it off my plate. I don't want to touch it ever since you mentioned that. But then hearing Adam talk, it's like, yeah, that's what Josh feels too. And then when you mentioned like the whole, like, let's, let's see where it's at for two months. Like, well, we already know, like we already see it and stories when he's in there and he does a story, like we don't get the views that we get versus when it's me, they're talking in doing it like we yeah. get way more engagement when it's even when it's my voice like our customers can even tell when i write something i feel like over josh like they relate oh more for sure a written post over what i write over what he writes and it's just interesting that we've already noticed that doing it what not it's not huge i mean if, if he was more like part of it together maybe it would be more 50 50 but it's definitely been me that's done the vast majority of all of this and so that's why I'm well, and I, I, think the valid, I think the reason for that is you've been the one that's built the relationships, like the relationships, you know, it, it's not that they, I mean, yes, it is partly that they can relate to you, but it's actual relationships. Like you're the one who knows their name when they walk in the store, you're the one that knows their kids' names. You're the one that knows who, you know, what they bought last week or, you know, whatever it's yeah. the relationship side of it. Yeah. And, and that's a totally fair point. If you're, if you've been the one that's been building that audience for, you know, however, for the most part, anyways, since you guys have been together, that's not a fair, um, it, you're going to have that time where th- th- an audience is going to need to be found for Josh. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do think that with the way that you guys are and your natural personalities and everything like that, that you guys being together in a video would slowly acclimate people into Josh. Um, I probably maybe a really good way to think about it, but it all kind of depends on what your, how much of a, um, if you've had a a favorite TV show before. Um, But if you've ever binged watch something or just been a part of a show for a really long period of time, I'll just use Grey's Anatomy as an example, because Grey's Anatomy has been around for fucking forever. But they can't just toss a character into that storyline and you're like, Oh my God, I'm in love with this character. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, how do you grow a connection and a, how do you grow a connection with that character? You do it over time because that person's personality starts to come out and you're like, Oh, Hey, I'm just like that too. Or no, I freaking hate you because of your personality. Your personality is like that. It's the same way with us when we portray our lives through social media you're going to do stories or reels and Josh is going to do something a certain way, or he's going to say something a certain way. And what will happen is a mom or dad or whoever will look at that and be like, my husband does that the exact same way. He's such an idiot. Or, um, some guy will look at it and be like, dude, do the same thing. Like, you know, whatever that, and that's how you grow that connection. And that's how you build that audience with people. it's, It's just something that happens over time. Um, so, man, I feel like I don't even feel like we've been talking for like an hour. Honestly, I don't either. I was just going to say, Adam, you realize we're over an hour all of a sudden, right? Yeah, Brittany's got work to do. She's a CEO. She's got like, to yeah. get to get those Instagram reels. Oh, yeah. Got to go go create one now. <laughs> on the walk down there, on the walk down, oh, yeah. back down, I expect to see a, an, an Instagram story. Yes, <laughs> so do I. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come over there right now. Yeah, you probably don't even like our page or follow us. 
I feel like you went and looked oh, to see if I did beforehand. Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Hold on. I love it, Brittany. Oh, I have no idea. I'm just giving you a heart. She went and looked ahead of time. She I did. did it. I do like your page. Boom. Hold well, on. Instagram because I do that more than Facebook stories. Understandable because Facebook will bury your guys' stuff into oblivion. All right, I'm going there right now. Gina, hey, can, uh, do you think we can get the ticker to like do their Instagram and Facebook really, really quick? Shelly, pretty please. Of course. Hold on, Juniper. You're lucky that I can even spell apothecary in the first place. Like, do you realize when you guys first opened up, I was like, what the fuck is an apothecary? And now it's more popular. Now you know. You guys are trendsetters. That's what it is. Thanks to Shit's Creek. <laughs> Is that is that is that what happened? No, <laughs> I mean that's definitely part of it. They opened yeah. an apothecary. Yep, there's an apothecary on Schitt's Creek, and people watch Schitt's Creek. Oh, there! Now you're following us. I got yes. you. Yep. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I'm just gonna go ahead and put this out there. Instagram is by far and away my most hated social media platform. I yeah, can't stand instagram and it all comes down to the api like i can't stand the api but um good for you guys like um i'm glad that this was a great conversation um for us to have and i need to stop in some point and just say hi to you beautiful souls you do they're good maybe i'll show you guys how to do an instagram reel maybe maybe that's what we'll do (laughs) okay bring your scooters that's what makes Brittany happy scooters okay yeah, the coffee. oh no i know i know i know <laughs> well aware <laughs> All right. like that's that's where it's at we're gonna end this episode the same way we end episode every episode we're gonna say a little peace out brussels sprout and see you next week guys